first in our Bill of Rights is the freedom to hear uncensored ideas and opinions, to think your own thoughts, and to say what's on your mind. We couldn't have liberty without it. Now, more than ever, it's good to spout off, to listen, debate, and participate. Here's your host of Spouting Off, commentator, columnist, and all-around rabble-rouser, Karen Cataline. Welcome to another edition of Spouting Off here on WSMN and the BBS Radio Network. We are delighted to have you along with us for this edition. I always say there's so much going on, but in the last several years, there's always a lot going on. Did you happen to watch the... Uh, State of the Union Address. You may remember that we broadcasted our usual show here on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 1 p.m., Fridays at 1 p.m. at BBS Radio. Uh, and we uh, we speculated about what exactly was going to be said. Now, um, uh, full disclosure, I did not uh, watch it live. I don't know. Uh, There's something about watching something live that makes you feel like a captive audience. Since I don't want to be a captive audience of that monopoly of leftist power in Washington, D.C., I decided to pick and choose what I would watch and when. So almost immediately, well, before I give you a little bit of my take, if you have uh, a take and you're listening live here out of Nashua, New Hampshire, WSMN 1590 AM, WSMN and 95.3 FM. Uh, you can call me at 603-816-1590. If you don't happen to be listening on Tuesday or Thursday at 1 p.m., um, <laughs> you'll have to listen on a recorded podcast. But that's how it is today. People decide when and where they want to listen, just like I did uh, Biden's State of the Union speech, uh, 603-816-1590. So uh, didn't the State of the Union speech always, almost always traditionally happen on January 20th? How come this year it happened on March 1st? I'm just wondering. Um, isn't it kind of interesting, I guess, that the State of the Union speech co- coincided perfectly with a war that this administration had been telegraphing for weeks. Uh, As soon as we started seeing the news shift, we could be pretty sure that that was going to be the next narrative that the left and its media minions were going to be pushing. And sure enough, voila, they are. Does that mean there isn't a real war and uh, and more going on in the Ukraine. Heck yeah! But if you think for any reason, <laughs> and many do, that you know exactly what's going on, when pretty much uh, other than the alternative media, and even that contradicts itself, that you know what's going on because of the same usual suspects who pushed COVID fear on you, COVID phobia, whatever on you, and then wanted you to make a seamless pivot 
to being afraid of Putin, casting him as a Hitler, casting him as a madman dictator. Whenever you hear that kind of rhetoric, pretty much, you know that they have a vested interest in having you think some specific thing. Even more so, they have a vested interest in keeping us all terrified and anxious. But here's the catch. We have to be terrified and anxious about what they want us to be terrified and anxious about. And we're supposed to think we know exactly what's going on because they told us so. Now, keep in mind, these are the people who have been uh, lying to us about COVID-19 for two years. They've been imposing mask mandates, jumping the shark on our relationship with our government, suddenly deciding that it is okay to bully and intimidate people into doing as they say, taking jabs as they say, speaking as they say, uh, or they will be punished by the government pretty sure our founders did not have this in mind when they, when they founded this great exceptional country, the United States of America. But you know, if you can foment fear in people, you can get them to do pretty much anything, especially if you're the one holding the big guns. Um, so fear and anxiety is a motivator and uh, they've been con conditioning us for that for a long time. Let me tell you that just today I posted a brand new article at KarenCataline.com, which is sort of a companion article to the one I wrote a few days ago. The one I wrote a few days ago was War in Ukraine. How do we know what's true? We talked a little bit about this on Tuesday, uh, but... The one I wrote today is called Another Dog, Another Pony, because by then I'd already seen parts of the State of the Union address, and I was stunned at, at how easily and quickly I predicted that they were going to do their best to make Biden presidential, to cheer and uh, bow and scrape Biden. They're so happy they're in power, except when they're not, which is they're never happy. Uh, but it's official. The collective we, as they started out, should now make a seamless pivot from fearing COVID to fearing Putin. Now, there's just one example of, oh, my God, so many examples from this pre-written speech that Joe Biden uh, read, and he can't even really read a teleprompter anymore. I call him the presidential potted plant, with plant being a double and or triple meaning, uh, because we keep wondering who are the whomevers who are really directing policy in Washington, D.C. They're all marching in goose step together, or lockstep, if you prefer. And almost at the outset, here's what we heard Biden say. Well, I'm going to give you, because I'm not going to play audio. I didn't bother to pull audio. Sorry. There's plenty of places that you can watch this speech. 
Um, but it, it's the same stuff, different day. It was a dog and pony show, just as I expected it would be. But I'm going to give you just one sentence endemic of the entire speech that we were supposed to swallow whole. Here's what Biden said, and then I'll tell you what he didn't say. And I'm going to use this as an example of the numerous pieces of information that were thrown out there that were telegraphed that this is now what we're supposed to think. This is now what we're supposed to believe. And anyone who doesn't believe it is a Putin lover. We'll get back to that hopefully in a moment. So here's what Biden said. He said, why should people on the terrorist list be able to get guns? Well, I guess that seems reasonable until you remember the context and the other information we've been living with for the last couple of years that he didn't say. Here's what Biden didn't say. Quote, well, I can't quote him. He didn't say it. We now label parents who protest at school board meetings terrorists. So as Bill Clinton, the great prevaricator said, it all depends on what the meaning of terrorist is. Now they can now label you a terrorist. If you protest your kids education and you don't want them being taught racism, bigotry, that all whites are racist. The country is racist. Blacks, all blacks are victims. People shouldn't be judged by the content of their character, but by the color of their skin. If you protest that, you're a domestic terrorist. And I guess, according to the Biden administration, he's going to crack down on people who get labeled terrorists as being robbed of their Second Amendment rights, their rights, their God-given rights to defend themselves. Have you noticed the left is extremely consistent on Second Amendment issues? They always want to take guns away from law-abiding citizens, but never from criminals. First off, they can't because criminals don't pay attention to laws. But second off, they are always into rebranding people as something they're not. Criminals are victims. Law-abiding citizens are criminals. Words are dangerous. Actual violence and robbing people of their life, liberty, and property is free speech. Have you noticed how that's how propagandists work? They simply tell you that the meaning of is isn't the meaning of is. So, if you're confused, you should be. <laughs> That's You should be confused because I'm going to go back and circle back Saki to the beginning of this little monologue, this little spouting off rant to ask you uh, the question I asked in the other piece I wrote, how do you know what's true? How do you know what's true? Uh, it's not just wag the dog, which was a fake war. It was a Hollywood movie, Wag the Dog. But we all know how easy it is to change the perceptions of people 
based not only on social media and computers, but on social pressure. And it's amazing how quickly it happens. So, so quickly. I do a couple of classes during the week to study Torah and other things. And there are people who bring in their political views now and again, uh, because maybe that's what they're afraid of. And so they, in passing, express a political opinion. It's always interesting that people of the left express a political opinion that they don't think is politics. And then if you disagree with them, they will tell you, well, we don't want to discuss politics. Uh, Another reframing of words and what they mean. Their opinions are not politics. Your opinions are. Have you ever been to gatherings like that? But I digress. So one of the people in uh, who's clearly a liberal, who has been terrified of COVID for two years, who won't go to her place of worship because people just aren't wearing masks like they're supposed to, suddenly she stated how terrified she is of Putin because Putin is a madman and he's going to start nuclear war in World War III. And, you know, she dutifully made the seamless pivot uh, to fear of COVID, to fear of Putin. And I ask you, have, I'm suggesting, not asking, suggesting that we all have the courage not to know. If something is pat and black and white or being presented as such, um, I am reading in some alternate media, do I know this is true? No, I actually don't. But I'm going to consider it. And that's this. Is Ukrainian President Zelensky tied to Klaus Schwab, Justin Trudeau, and other global elites? Well, there's an article at LifeSite News. I don't think they have a monopoly on the truth either. But am I going to read it? You better believe I'm going to read it. And then I'm going to put it in the back of my mind. I don't feel obligated to believe, certainly not, what the propaganda media tells me I'm supposed to believe. And I hope you will do the same, which is keep your own counsel. Uh, And how do we know anything to believe? Not only are we going to have a spectacular guest for the rest of the hour when we uh, take a break momentarily to talk about some of the really, really big issues, like does the left want to erase conscience? (laughs) How do you know what's true? Why are our moral sensibilities always under attack? This man, I'll tell you all about him when we get back, um, is wonderful to talk to. He's a personal friend, happens to be a Christian pastor, and um, he's so much fun to talk to. You may have heard me uh, speak with him before online. I just figured it was time to talk about the really, really big questions with him. So how do you know the truth? Well, the first thing is you have to have the courage to admit you don't know and be maybe a little uncomfortable with that because there's a lot we still don't know. Karen Cataline, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll be back with our guest, Pastor Stephen Grant. Don't go away and don't miss it. We'll be right back. 
You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. I'm Mike Bendell, inventor of MyPillow. Thanks to your support, you've helped make MyPillow become one of the fastest growing companies in America. Over the last 12 years, you've helped MyPillow create thousands of jobs right here in the USA. Every MyPillow is made with passion here in my home state of Minnesota to ensure you get the best sleep of your life. One of the things that I really like about MyPillow is the support. It gives my neck a little hug. I've never slept better in my life. What's better than a great night's sleep? Call or go online to take advantage of my best offer ever. For a limited time, when you use your promo code, you can get premium my pillows regularly $69.98, now only $29.98. That's right, only $29.98. That's the lowest price ever. I tried every pillow from expensive down pillows that just went flat to fiber fill pillows that rebound every time you move your head. I even tried those memory foam pillows and the curve did not match my neck and it probably won't match yours. That's why I invented my pillow. My patented fill adjusts to your exact individual needs and helps keep your neck supported and aligned. When I got my pillow, I'm asleep almost immediately. I stay asleep at night and I wake up more well rested in the morning. My pillow has a 10 year warranty, it's machine washable and dryable. And I back them with my 60 day money back guarantee. Call or go online now to take advantage of my best offer ever. Use the promo code to get queen size premium my pillows regularly $69.98 for only $29.98. Get king size my pillows for just $5 more. It's the lowest price ever. This is a limited time offer and not available in stores. Don't delay, order now. With our 60 day money back guarantee, you have nothing to lose. Sleep well, America! For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. And welcome back, everyone, to Spouting Off here on uh, a Thursday uh, out of Nashua, New Hampshire. That was a loud one. By the way, uh, if you were listening to that wonderful spot about my pillow, let me just tell you the best way to order is to go to 1-800-867-0416 and use the promo code RAM. That's 1-800-867-0416. Use the promo code RAM and help Write America Media, among other things, and uh, get yourself great products from a courageous man who loves, who's fighting, and they're punishing them. So, but they have great products as well. I am delighted to welcome on the line a personal friend. I'm, I'm delighted to count him as one of my friends and even uh, and a, a uh, guest from time to time so he can share some of his wisdom with all of us. His name is Stephen Grant. He is senior pastor at Destiny Christian Center. He's been in the ministry for more than 25 years. He is a multi-talented man. He's an author, a pastor, a speaker, a musician, uh, and he's and he runs, or he's the senior pastor, but there are other pastors there at Destiny Christian Center. He also shares the pulpit with his brother, Stanley Grant, 
as they teach, speak, and write together. He's also the author of numerous books, including Rules for Rebuilders, America in the Bible, Israel and the Seventh Sign, and Fixing Immigration. Welcome, Pastor Stephen Grant, to Spouting Off. Karen, thank you. It's good to be with you today. Ah, it's so great to have you. And I've been looking forward to hearing what you have to say about a host of very deep issues. Uh, we are getting feedback, and I'm hearing myself in my headphones, but uh, if I seem a little confused, that might be why. Oh, it went away. <laughs> Super. All right. Hopefully you're still there. Good. You see what I'm going to do is I sit? <laughs> go ahead. Things, um, things, are great on, things are great on my end, even though the world's in trouble. Uh, and that's what we're here to talk about. So without further ado, I decided when I want to talk about going deep, you know, about about what's going on, not just about the uh, State of the Union address or even about the current war in Russia and the Ukraine, I my very first question to you, something I've been dying to ask you, as we have watched what has gone on in this country for a couple of years, all, one of the things I've tried to I've concluded is that the left and their minions, including plenty of Republicans who enable them, because they're globalists or whatever, are trying to erase conscience. What do you think about that? And wax philosophic about that, because nobody does that better than you do. Well, I believe that there are a couple of plans in place. One is to erase conscience because, uh, you know, the scripture talks about those whose conscience is seared as with a hot iron. In other words, they become so numb that they just don't care anymore. Um, the others, though, are subverting conscience. And this is one of the roles of education, I believe, is to take conscience and make conscience uh, into whatever they tell us it should be. And so there, it's a two-track, it's a two-track ploy, and both of them are are anti-American, anti-Judeo-Christian, and they have to be resisted. Um, without a doubt, and it's so well put. I mean, you're just so eloquent. Um, what I notice, let's let's uh, kind of hindsight is twenty twenty, and also comment because we're similar ages. We have similar ages. And I maintain that somewhere just in my own lifetime, I watched a massively different shift in Hollywood movies, in the media, in the pop culture, uh, creating the kind of cultural rot <laughs> that turned criminals into sympathetic guys, uh, diminished personal responsibility and moral accountability and glorified the, I guess, I don't know if in, in Judaism we have the seven deadly sins, but I know that we agree, mm -hmm. but they glorified every single human weakness and almost encouraged it. That's what I mean by uh, exactly what you said, that there are people who have, who have actually encouraged and enticed this kind of moral uh, decline on purpose because, heck, it's a lot easier to control people, isn't it? Your thoughts on that? Well, it is, and, and once again, it is the perversion of a truth. Um, 
you and I know, because you and I are both musicians and in entertainment as well, and have been, that that um, creativity loves to push boundaries. And because of that, there is a lot of latitude for artistic and creative expression. But when the leftists started to get embedded in some of these areas, uh, what they did is they started to subvert artistic license and creative license and in, instead replace it with moral license. Hmm. And, uh, and when that happens, of course, they start to color uh, they start to color the culture in the name of artistic expression. And so this has happened in, in, uh, in education. Uh, this has happened in arts and entertainment. It's happened in every area of society where, uh, once again, it, it's not just simply trying to uh, press through the bounds of innovation, artistic expression, liberty, but it's actually pressing for an agenda or for a cause. And right. that's something that the left has been very, very good at in all facets of society. And that's why there are so many movements afoot, I believe, uh, to really try and reclaim society at varying levels and in various areas. Yeah, it's so true. Uh, and and what do you think? I mean, we all speculate. And, of course, we hear the Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, all of that. And all of these things are hard to prove or verify, but we know something's not right today. How do you yeah. see it? Uh, well, I think that, uh, you know, it, it, Americans are smarter than, than the globalists give us credit for. And one of the things that we do have is we have a basic still sense of those Judeo-Christian values and if something doesn't smell right or doesn't seem right to us, we don't have to endorse it. So I believe that there's a lot of, there are a lot of Americans, many, many of us uh, maybe together on, on air today, that are saying something's not right. I don't know all of the variables, but it's just not right. And I believe we should trust that uh, because that is the canary in the coal mine mindset. There's something wrong, and before all of the data comes out, I don't have to accept this. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Grant, we're talking to Pastor Stephen Grant, senior pastor at Destiny Christian Center in Greeley, Colorado. Um, before we leave this topic, because it's kind of a favorite of mine, and I've been looking and watching all of the media. This is good media, I have to say. Old movies, previous movies that have... I just always want to get uh, the comment from a pastor and one that I respect. Um, the topic of Faust, the idea that some evil inclination, I mean, Jews call it the evil inclination, and, uh, uh, and, and, and Jews believe in Satan just with a slightly different spin, but it's okay. It's still the idea that evil can tempt us uh, with our greatest weaknesses to to do anything, um, if if only we can have what we desperately want, whether it's money, power, sex, drugs, <laughs> rock and roll, whatever it is, and and to that end, I've noticed again and again themes like in Damn Yankees, we have the devil, you know, just one long ball player, even exactly. Willy Wonka. 
I know. And even Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, there's a, I don't know if he's the devil and he's put up to it by Willy Wonka. He whispers in every kid's ear who got a golden ticket, here's what you can do to get $10,000, just sell out Willy Wonka, and then I'll give you this. So bribery, blackmail, you name it. And I can't help but think that all the corruption that's coming out today, it's as if a, uh, um, a, a Satan, a devil, an evil inclination has been whispering in the ears of Americans, Americans with power to sell out our country. Um, take one more crack at that and then we'll move on to some of the great stuff in the books that you've read, you've written. Go for it. (laughs) Well, you know, as a Christian, I do believe in evil. Um, uh, you know, it, it's like we do too. By the said, way, we do. The, yes, the, the, you ahead. know, the liberals said the liberals said, "Oh, there is no sin," and we conservatives went out and proved them wrong. Um, <laughs> so, um, with that, we know that there is evil in the world, and this has been the wrestling. And so, the question is, where did that evil come from? Uh, because there are people today that seek to destroy America, that seek to destroy values. If there was no evil, then tolerance would be a reality. If there was no evil, they would want to coexist with us because they know that we are basically well-intentioned, kind, and noble. But because there is evil, because they seek to tyrannize, oppress, control, and remove our liberty from us, those are manifestations of something that is absolutely Faustian, uh, that evil does exist, that it has an originating point outside of mankind, and that... uh, we're, we're watching it play out on every stage of humanity. And I've heard you say before that ultimately beyond the COVID and the Russians and, the, and all of the misinformation, and I said earlier, we don't know all of the truth, but we're already being told what to think, uh, that ultimately this is a spiritual war. I'd like you to speak to that in, as we end our, our first segment, and you're going to stay with us because you've graciously accepted to stay with us for the next segment. So uh, talk about that. Well, I believe it is a spiritual war. It's the only way that we can understand how feminists and Muslims can align on the same side of the political spectrum. Uh, it's it's the only way that you have somebody like a George Soros who takes full advantage of capitalism but then seeks to oppress and destroy can justify his behavior so this is a a definite spiritual war it's got something underneath it that is just larger than human reason and so with that I believe that we've got to be prepared spiritually first and this is where I call men and women of faith, particularly in Judaism and Christianity, to align themselves with liberty, align themselves with the God of the Bible, and uh, those that do not at least uh, respect the tenets that originated in the Bible, like liberty. Um, Liberty is not a human construct. Liberty is a biblical construct that was given by God to the Israelites, and it came from him. It doesn't come from us, because we're not bent toward liberty. And so that in itself uh, reveals the fact that there are spirits afoot and there are things that are larger than we are. 
Mm-hmm. And to that end, uh, there is a great rabbi that I found. His name is Rabbi David Smith, who mm-hmm. is speaking to both Gentiles and Jews about aligning with God in exactly the same way as you mentioned. And this is a historic thing in which Christians and Jews are now standing together as people of faith who are being targeted by Marxists who have always gone over going gone after people of faith. They're always Absolutely. one of the first targets, right? Absolutely. And and now the interesting thing, Karen, and, and you know this as well as I do, that that now they are dividing people of faith. That that the synagogues and the churches are now being divided along the spheres of their training and education. And, and so we are seeing that the dividing line isn't once just traditional Judaism and Christianity. Now it has even gone deeper than that, and there is a division afoot, uh, even in the American church and the American synagogue. Mm. Well, we saw that as clear as day with churches and synagogues who would not shut down when told mm-hmm. to do so by a government, which is, hmm, I think against the First Amendment, and churches <laughs> and synagogues who would and did shut down because they were hiding under their beds or wherever. Um, mm-hmm. We have about 20 seconds before we have to take a quick break. Any quick comment on that? And then we will uh, take a break. Certainly. I believe the best resource is still just to stand and say no. Just say <laughs> no still works. I love it. And um, not too long ago, you said we need a little bumper sticker that just said, nope. Nope. <laughs> just Nope. <laughs> We're talking to Stephen Grant, um, eloquent, charismatic, kind, a good man all around. Stay tuned for the following for the final segment with him when we come back here on Spouting Off. You're listening to Spouting Off with Karen Gadoline. Are you tired of the same old snacks? Looking for something a little healthier than that bag of chips or candy bar? Even your average bag of trail mix these days is little more than peanuts, raisins, and candy-coated chocolate. Not very healthy, is it? Allow me to introduce you to White Mountain Munchies. Made from 100% all-natural ingredients, White Mountain Munchies combines unique flavors with nutritional value that will tingle your taste buds and strengthen and sustain your overall health and wellness. Eating good never tasted so good. From Maggie's Maple Madness to Hannah's Heavenly Harvest, Grayson's Getaway Goodies, and our limited edition Christmas blend, Jacoby's Jolly Jumble, White Mountain Munchies offers nutritious and delicious snacks that the whole family is sure to love. Pick yours up now through our easy-to-use online store at whitemountainmunchies.com. White Mountain Munchies, non-GMO when you're on the go. And now, more Spouting Off with Karen Cataline. We are talking to Pastor Stephen Grant of Destiny Christian Center. <clears throat> he is the senior pastor there 
in Greeley. He's been in the ministry 25 years, but he's also the author of numerous books, including Rules for Rebuilders, kind of the opposite take on Rules for Radicals, America in the Bible, Israel in the Seventh Sign, and Fixing Immigration. Thanks for staying with us, Steve. We appreciate it. No problem. It's good to be with you today. Yeah, it's great. So um, here's what I want to do, since we always are a little rushed at the end of a segment when we got to go and end the show, that rhymes, let's give you a little time now to talk about some of the books, because you don't, you don't toot your own horn. You're, you're a humble man, but a very accomplished one, uh, where they can get your books, and maybe even, this is good, for Christians who want to uh, partake of some of your sermons and even attend your uh, uh, services, they can do that online no matter where they live, can't they? They can. Um, our website is under reconstruction, but they can find our services at the YouTube site, God's Destiny America, and uh, log into our services there without any problem and even subscribe and sign up. Um, you can get a hold of the books that uh, uh, the Lord has had us write, uh, through Barnes & Noble, Amazon, any, any major bookseller is carrying them. And I'll tell you this, Karen, uh, I believe that a lot of times today with current events, we spend a lot of time doing what I call bayoneting the dead. Uh, we discuss the current events and discuss the problems, and it makes us feel better because uh, we're complaining about what's going on with a group of friends. But the question always comes up, what can we do? Mm-hmm. And I believe that that's where we ultimately have to turn, because there are solutions. Um, as as Judeo-Christianity shows us, uh, God wins every single time. We can be outnumbered, we can be oppressed, we can get into trouble through our own ego or arrogance. But if we will repent and we will cry out on God and use His Word, God helps us win every time. So... Let's talk some more about how to fight, because okay. as we mentioned before the break, um, people of faith are not only are people who are terrified of what's going on, not of what they want us to be terrified of, but terrified of losing this great country, losing our liberties, um, having a small, tiny group of megalomaniacal people telling the rest of the world how to live, what they will have, and you will uh, own nothing, but you'll be happy because I said so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's talk some more about how you, you fight, because you're one of those rare pastors who does not have to worry about combining what's going on in the world today with what you preach in your church. Uh, that's one way you could talk about that, but also tell us what you've been up to lately. A lot of a lot of people who have churches in other parts of the country who may be listening to us don't know what you did and how you're able to not have to be uh, 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 controlled or hounded by the government as to what you can say from the pulpit. Well, first of all, we re-registered under Section 508 of the United States Tax Code instead of 501c3. And that enabled us to say anything we want from the pulpit. We could even endorse candidates. However, we cannot take any government funding. And so uh, we decided to do that as a church congregation. And uh, 
So we operate under Section 508C1A of the United States Tax Code, completely at liberty. Now, there are some pastors that don't want to do that, and they say, well, you know, we, we don't want to say anything from the pulpit because we don't want to be political. Well, congratulations, you just became political because you were feeding the enemy. Um, silence always enables the enemy. It never enables the victory. You cannot win a battle you never fight. You cannot win a battle you don't choose to be in. So when somebody says, well, I'm standing for the children, but they don't go to a school board meeting, who are they enabling? When they don't go to a city council, when they don't, don't take a stand, then uh, it, it frustrates people. Recently here in, in Weld County, Colorado, we found out that the county commissioners, who are all conservatives, were enabling the pushing of the COVID shot because they had taken federal funds, uh, I believe $25,000, $30,000, to advertise taking the COVID shot. Hmm. And so I approached them, and uh, a group of us did, and publicly said, you can't do that. That discriminates against people of faith people who have religious exemptions, people who have natural immunity, people who are immunocompromised and cannot take the vaccine. And so therefore you're taking our taxpayer money and you are doing it because to you it's free and you're enabling one side over the other. And as a result, they quit, they stopped and they pulled the funding. These are some of the things that we can do if we will simply stand up and address it. That is so valuable to be able to, I mean, that's dangerous to the, to the um, authoritarians because they know this stuff works. We've seen uh, standing up, nonviolent resistance, whatever, we've seen it actually works because they keep advancing as long as we tolerate it. Exactly. Right? We, we put out, um, the beginning of September, we put out a... Uh, a uh, religious exemption form. The letter has a um, has a, um, a, a citation of law that says you can't discriminate against us for a sincerely held religious belief, and then it has a one-page attachment that shows Christian theology on why uh, we may choose not to take a shot, particularly if it is related to commerce and buying and selling, and how anti-biblical that is. Mm-hmm. We put that out. As a result of putting that out to our church congregation, it went viral. And to date, we have distributed between thirty-five and 40,000 of those religious exemption packets all over the United States, and they've been used successfully. But again, it only comes if we are willing to stand up and be counted. Right. Um, there, there, are, there are some pastors today that are serving a new, uh, a new God, and it's the God of ABC. It's the God of attendance, buildings, and cash. And because of that, they don't want to say something for fear that they will disrupt somebody or have them walk out of the building angry. But I believe that Christianity are exclusive religions that are offensive, because we believe that our God is the supreme God. And that in and of itself, to many, is offensive. And so we need to reconcile ourselves to that and accept the fact that we do have a supreme God, that we do have a mighty creator, and that is who we serve, and we've got to stand up and be unafraid and unashamed. Um, Stephen, what, Pastor Steve, <laughs> what, um, where can people get those permission slips? Tell everybody, and then I'm going to 
ask you something about that, which has bothered me from the beginning, and I suspect it might you as well. But since it's the game we even now are playing after the entire pivot, oh, we can take off the masks, everything is fine, it's time to be afraid of something new, people are still being bullied with these jabs. So tell everybody where they can get that uh, permission slipper. I mean, uh, that's what I was going to ask you. Religious exemption form. Well, since right now the church website is down, they can email me mm. personally at uh, stephengrant at juno.com. Uh, still an old Juno email. J-U-N-O dot com. J-U-N-O, stephengrant <laughs> at juno.com. Stephen with a and V. And that's with a V, right? Yes. Yes, Stephen with and a V. So, uh, and let me know if you need something like that, and, and we'll help you out. Um, and we will continue standing together. We've had um, people... Email us from all over, military. Uh, there's a military packet that is available, even though it's very slow right now. And, and the case before the uh, Fifth Circuit Court with the uh, U.S. Navy SEALs from SEAL Team 6 really mm. uh, got a boost this week, so I'm excited about that. Good, good. You know, um, <laughs> we're still having to play on their playing field because they have a monopoly of power in Washington, D.C., and yes. they've been unmasked as the the authoritarian baby doc dictators that they really always were. And one of the things that bothers me about that, but please don't misunderstand, I think what you're doing with the permit uh, with the religious exemptions are great, but it's so offensive to me that one would have to fill out a religious permission slip, a religion. <laughs> exemption slip to be able to have uh, autonomy over one's own body. Uh, it is. It doesn't escape me that the same people who are doing this have fought bitterly that it's body autonomy to, uh, to have an abortion. Uh, that's not body autonomy. That's another life inside a person, but now suddenly they own your body and they can do anything they want, plus religious religious exemptions. So what is it, a religious litmus test? Now we have to go to the government to prove our legitimate belief and what that is? I mean, that's as, as, as directly opposite to the First Amendment as anything I can think of. I agree. This is why we... Um... We wrote the the religious exemption not with a can we please have this, but we wrote the cover letter with this is what this is what the law states. This is what you'll be in violation of if you do not accept this. And oh, by the way, here are the accompanying scriptures. And no, I don't need a permission slip from a pastor. And mm-hmm. no, I don't need uh, an edict from a church denomination. The Constitution says this is my individually held religious belief. Rights and liberties originate with individuals, not with the collective. And uh, this is important because even as as, uh, people of faith, we have become conditioned to a predisposition of tyranny and asking permission rather than imposing the liberty that is truly still under the surface. And when we do that, it shocks people. We come across sometimes as being arrogant rather than being confident and bold. And there's a, a significant difference. But we've got to reclaim that by saying, no, you, you don't have the right, and 
no, you can't do that. And yes, we are willing to uh, to defend us with our lives, fortunes, and sacred honor. But you see, the world around us today knows that many of us will cave because we have a price. And that is where we've got to plumb the depths of our individual souls and find out how much we truly are committed to the God of liberty and the price that God paid for loving us must be returned and reclaimed in our service for him. Well, now you see why Pastor Stephen Grant has such a following, because he's one of the few people who combines his uh, religious uh, faith with what's happening now. Uh, that's why I've been on a quest to find people to study with in Judaism that are not just connected to what happened 5,000 years ago in the Torah, but who can make it relevant to the phenomenally historic challenges that we are facing today. Boy, time goes fast whenever I have you on. I have, <laughs> yeah, it's just so much fun. And, you know, when we talk privately, you know, an hour passes and, and I didn't even blink practically. Um, in our couple of minutes left, tell everybody, since you're a wealth of information, direct people to what they can learn about the doctrine of the lesser magistrates. The doctrine of the lesser magistrates is a fairly new book by Matthew uh, Trewilla, and it's available on Amazon, Doctrine of the Lesser Magistrates. Basically, it says this, throughout the Bible, when corruption has existed at a higher level, it is mandated that the people of the lower level manage up. They push up against the evil. And uh, it's very good. This is the Christian doctrine and the Judaic doctrine that established documents like the Declaration of Independence, uh, the Magna Carta, other things. And so um, the cited references are from both the Old and New Testaments of the Christian Bible. They're from the Torah uh, for the Jews and uh, very easy read. But we have been um, preparing a white paper on this. And we will be getting it to some of our elected officials. We've been getting it to city council members, county commissioners, and others, because we are saying your number one role in government is to defend us, we the people, and now it is up to you to push up. Because, see, the swamp is not going to be drained from the top. The drain is at the bottom, and it must <laughs> be us. That is great. And that is among the many uh resources uh, that are available to you. And I, I strongly recommend that you follow Pastor Stephen Grant and his Destiny Christian Center because they are principled and uh, their heads are unbowed except to God. Let's put it that way. Um, what's interesting also is that we're talking to you at a time when we are embarking on the holiday that I used to think was no big deal until I found out it was a very big deal, and that's the holiday of Purim, in which there is lots of lying going on. We read the book of Esther during that time, and we learn not only that God's hand is everywhere, even though he's not mentioned, but that things could turn on a dime, that Haman, the bad guy, gets hoisted by his own gallows, just when we think 
that the Jews are done, which always is the case in the Torah. You know, that old uh, description of a Jewish holiday. They tried to kill us. They didn't. Let's eat. Well, <laughs> Purim <laughs> is another one. <laughs> Purim is another and, and, and one for, of those. And, and for those uh, those that think we're not multicultural enough, you might want to point out that Purim <laughs> was actually signed into law by a Babylonian king celebrating the Jews. <laughs> You know, you can't make this stuff up, right? <laughs> you can't. It's, yeah. it's just too good. Yeah. So we have about two minutes. What would you like to leave our listeners with as we once again direct people to learn more about Pastor Stephen Grant? Maybe if you have a church wherever you are and you want your pastor to connect with Pastor Stephen Grant because you have a Liberty pastor, maybe that pastor wants to learn how to make his pulpit more free, more liberty-based, and not kowtowing to the government about what he can and cannot say, you may just want to contact Pastor Stephen Grant. You gave your personal email address, so go ahead Absolutely. and give that again. Yes, my email is stephengrant at juno.com. I have been traveling, and I've been ministering behind the scenes to other pastors and civic leaders uh, more often here lately. And I welcome that. Uh, I believe, uh, for those that are listening, that we have to understand there are more of us than they want us to know. And we must keep ourselves encouraged through prayer, through the Word of God, and through faith, and, and keep hope alive in this day. And not only that, but we've got to push up. So we've got to push up in education. We've got to push up in every sphere of society, including the church. So let's do our push-ups and see what God will do. <laughs> I was, you just, you just uh, stole what I was going to say. I guess we got to get in spiritual shape and do our push-ups. Thank you, <laughs> Pastor Stephen Grant, Senior Pastor of Destiny Christian Center. Always a pleasure to have you and uh, to connect with you. And it isn't that people of faith are perfect or better than anyone else. It's just that they're reaching for good. If you're reaching for good instead of reaching for evil, that's that's what we're up against today. That's kind of what I think. Thank you to um, Art, our producer, and Juan and George, everyone at WSMN and BBS Radio. We'll be back next week. WSMN.